0: We want to take a, a couple moments before the kids come and, uh, and uh, share a little bit about what they learned and about uh, uh, what they want to uh, show us uh, from this week. We want to open God's Word, and, and uh, it has been a great week of VBS. We are so encouraged by a couple things. To, to have uh, nearly 400 kids be a part of uh, hearing the truth of God's Word is, is an awesome thing uh, to take in. 150 volunteers, my goodness, 150 people giving of their time. And of their energy for an entire week to show the love of Christ is, again, something that is so commendable. And we're so thankful for the volunteers that have been a part. And one of the things that we do uh, on this VBS Sunday is is we are very deliberate in, in wanting to celebrate what has transpired in this last week as a body. And no matter what ages we are, we want all of us to have had a part in this VBS week. This is one of the most important weeks of our year with regards to ministry. And so one of the things that we do is we always take this week and we step out of the series we've been a part of. If you've not been a part of Village Bible Church, uh, we're in the middle of a series uh, called Invisible War, a study on uh, the subject of spiritual warfare and the the role the spiritual realm plays in our lives. But we're going to take a week off of that, and we'll rejoin that next week as I uh, deal with, uh, yet again, another ally in the battle that we have in this spiritual war that we are fighting in. But we want to take this week and, and uh, kind of bring an exclamation point to the week that we've been a part of. And what I usually do is I take the theme verse that we had in VBS and I use it as the um, kind of the springboard for the message uh, for uh, VBS Sunday. And I want to do that this morning, so I'm going to ask every one of you to take God's Word in your hands. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. There's a pew Bible in the pew rack in front of you grab that i'm going to be in one place of the scripture so you're not going to get lost and i'm going to give you the um, the page number if you can find our passage on page 591 in that pew bible and we're going to look at isaiah 30 verse 21 isaiah 30 verse 21 and it was the theme verse you can see it all around in the the uh props that are behind me uh, but here's what the kids learned about and uh, no doubt if you're a parent you heard this verse being shared whether in song or, or uh, by your kids, but here 's what isaiah thirty twenty one says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way walk in it when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. The kids have been learning a very straightforward passage from the Word of God that God has a way that He wants us to go in, and he 's commanding us he 's calling us to walk in that way. But what the kids learned is that that's not always easy. As you can see behind me, the theme of VBS this year was a jungle theme. And it's a reminder that it's a jungle out there, that life even for kids is going to be difficult. At times there's going to be unknown dangers and concerns and temptations that are going to come. And it's going to make walking the way that God has called us to all the more difficult. Jungles aren't easy to navigate. In fact, many of you, if not most of you, know the name Teddy Roosevelt, one of our greatest presidents who served uh, during the turn of of the last century. And and Teddy Roosevelt was known for being a man who loved adventure. Uh, He would go on numerous safaris. Even when journeying to Africa from America would be difficult, he would do a couple safaris in Africa He would also, of course, uh, uh, spend a lot of his time, especially after his presidency, uh, looking all throughout the continental United States and going on adventures, uh, learning about the great country that that we have. But many people aren't aware that in 1913, after his presidency, uh, he went on a journey that almost took his life. Uh, A dream that Teddy Roosevelt had was to um, navigate uh, through the Amazon basin. And so he trekked down... Uh, with his son and a team of, of uh, seasoned explorers to go and be where no uh, American had never been had ever been before, and he began to uh, navigate the Amazon rainforest. And history tells us, even his own memoirs tell us, that in the middle of the expedition, uh, Teddy Roosevelt would injure his leg, which would cause an infection. And uh, as a result of that, everything seemed to fall apart. They would run out of rations of food. Uh, They would have all kinds of internal turmoil going on amongst the team to the point that uh, his memoirs say, at one point, Teddy says, leave me to die so that you guys can uh, make your way back out. And what we learn is, is that jungles are difficult places. Even for the most seasoned of navigators, jungles have all kinds of things. We would learn in his memoirs about some of the dangers, the predators, the animals that would uh, seem to attack at all times. Malaria was a big thing in the jungle. And, and we learn all of these issues and struggles that would come that would nearly take Teddy Roosevelt's life. During his time in the jungle, he would lose more than 100 pounds and nearly was left for dead. Uh, jungles are not easy experiences and what the kids learned this week was that life can be like a jungle that life at a moment's notice can change it can be volatile it can be a place that can be scary at times And, and what we need to recognize and hopefully as adults what we recognize is that life can be that way we've learned this morning that life isn't always easy we've just prayed for two families that are dealing with jungle experiences in their lives a uh, jungle experience is probably how I would define my, my family's last six months. Many of you know my wife was diagnosed in March with breast cancer. She's gone through two surgeries, one just in fact this last week. It's been a jungle experience. Most of you know I run a catering business as uh, another job, and uh, last or about a month and a half ago I received a letter from the IRS that we were being audited. And so I, I was hoping that, you know, an audit would come at a time where it's really slow and and all that no it's going to happen amidst this jungle experience and so that's all going on right now and then i don't have to remind you the jungle experience that it is to have three children in the house and if you have kids in the house you recognize the jungle that comes and we've experienced one of the busiest times of our lives we just got done with a baseball season of three boys on three teams that each average two games a week and two practices i'll tell you what If you don't know, you don't know in those moments whether you're coming or going. But we recognize in this world that it's going to be crazy sometimes. And amidst the jungle of life, God has a word for us. In Isaiah chapter 30, the context is is that the people of Israel are at a place of real decision. Uh, Things aren't going well for them. In Isaiah 30, uh, the people of of, uh, God find themselves surrounded by their enemies. The Assyrian nation which is the most uh, hated and uh, reviled group of people, they have surrounded the nation of Israel and the kingdom of Judah, and they are seeking to conquer everyone in their path. And Israel has a dilemma. Their dilemma is, is do they follow their own ways and their own wisdom, or do they follow the ways and wisdom of God? And Israel does the unthinkable. Instead of turning to God, they turn to another enemy, the nation of Egypt. And if you know anything of Of biblical history you will know that israelites and egypt don't always mix for hundreds of years the egyptians held in slavery the israelite people and that's the story of moses and the exodus and and all of that and so we've got this scenario where the people of god instead of choosing to follow god in his ways choose to follow their own ways and here, god in his grace amidst the time that the people of god are being rebellious and stubborn He says to them, There's a voice calling out to you, and it's telling you which way to go. I want to tell you this morning, in the short time that I have, that God is speaking to every one of us today, no matter where we find ourselves. And He's saying, In this life, in this world, I want to be your guide. I want to show you the way to not only salvation, but to a place of peace and serenity even amidst the most difficult circumstances in life, that to know that the God of the universe is with you and will never forsake you. And I want to share three ways that we see this this morning. The first thing I want to share with you is that in Isaiah 30, God gives us a word of explanation. He gives us a word of explanation. What do I mean by that? I want to explain just for a moment why our lives at times feel like unbearable jungles that we have to navigate through. One of the reasons why that life can be a jungle is because of just simply the seasons of life. The seasons of life. Have you ever noticed that one day is never the same as the day before? That every day that we wake up, we wake up to a new adventure. New circumstances. New news that is going to face us. Every day is a day of the unknown. The Bible says no man knows what a day might bring. And so every day that you wake up, you wake up with a sense that it could be a good day or it could be a very bad day. You have no idea. I have no idea what a day is going to bring. And the Bible says that amidst all of these days that we wake up and and live life, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament says that amidst every day, we can span the gamut of emotions and experiences. There are days where we'll rejoice. There will be days that we'll cry. There will be days that we'll celebrate new life. There will be days that we remember those who have passed away. There will be times of happiness, times of sadness, times of productivity, and times of laziness. All the while, there will be all these different things taking place. And if we were to go around and poll this group of people, we would no doubt find people that are enjoying wonderful seasons of life right now who would say, it's the greatest I've ever felt. Uh, things couldn't be better. And yet there would be others who would say, this is the hardest time of my life. Maybe you find yourself somewhere in between. Here's the thing. If you don't like where you're at, just wait a couple minutes because it'll probably change. And so we know that the seasons of life, the way we live our lives is going to produce the ebbs and flows that will create a jungle experience. But notice also the things that make jungle experiences in life are the setbacks in life. Some of us feel like it's a jungle out there because we're experiencing something in our life maybe that we never saw coming. We prayed for two individuals in that way uh, this this day. We prayed for people that didn't see that coming from a mile away. It was something that came as a surprise. Some of these setbacks come in multiple forms. They come as medical setbacks where some in our place have received bad medical news. I would love to at some point just kind of share of our own experience where going in not thinking anything was wrong to hearing the words cancer and all of the emotions and all of the the anxiety that comes with that Uh, we weren't planning that we we weren't even thinking that at 39 years of age that's the last thought that we had and yet a medical setback is something that can turn your life upside down there are others who are dealing with relational setbacks Maybe it's with your spouse, uh, someone you've, you've lived with and, and, and enjoyed life together, and then all of a sudden your spouse says, I'm done. I, I want nothing to do with you. I, I don't, I don't want to live my life with you anymore. And all the ups and downs that, that a relational setback can have. Some of you are dealing with setbacks with regards to your children. You're wanting and desiring a relationship with your child, and your child maybe wants nothing to do with you. And you find yourself saying, this isn't how it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be different than this. How am I supposed to go on uh, with life without this person by my side? Their relational setbacks. Still, others are financial. The business plan that you, you bought into looks solid. The investment, all the investors said, was only supposed to grow. The job that you were guaranteed and the money that was supposed to be there now is gone. So, all the plans and desires you had for the future have now become a giant and unknown jungle that you find yourself lost in. And the bills get bigger and the cash and checkbook gets smaller, and you at that moment, whether it's a medical or relational or or financial setback or any other ones that maybe I haven't even mentioned, in those moments you feel like, I'm lost. And where am I to turn? The Bible calls these setbacks trials. And it tells us that trials are there to teach us what character and perseverance are all about. But even more important than that, the Bible says we are not to be surprised when these trials come and wonder why they happen. But what they are, are reminders, guideposts, signposts to us that God is telling us not to live life on our own. And he allows trials in our lives. He allows our lives to be turned upside down so we'll be reminded to turn back to him. But have you ever noticed that your jungle in life may come because of not the setbacks, but the successes? Well, this may surprise you. Success has been known to cause people to lose their way. I had the privilege, out of just a a happenstance uh, visit, that I ran into someone who won one point seven million dollars in the lottery, and I thought that that was kind of cool. I overheard her say that her and her husband had had won the lottery, and. And I asked her about, it. I said, man, what's, what's life like now being a millionaire? She says, it's been terrible. She says, money ruined everything. And don't you know, if we follow uh, the uh, TV, if you remember watching the E! Network Hollywood stories, true Hollywood stories, you no doubt at some point would hear that fame and fortune would ruin an individual's life. It would lead to access and, and all kinds of troubles and issues. The Bible says uh, King Solomon, one of the wisest and, and uh, men who had almost everything going for him. He could have all the pleasures of the world, all the possessions, all the prestige. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon says at the end of his life, none of it meant anything. All of it was utterly meaningless. It, it, didn't, it didn't change his life. It didn't give him purpose in life. It was chasing after the wind. And so some of you right now are are living in the jungle of life and success is all around you. The job's going well, the kids are doing well, and yet you feel just as lost as you would if there were trials going on in your life. I want you to recognize this morning that all of these issues, these setbacks and these successes weren't supposed to do this to us as people. When God created man and woman, he placed them into a garden. A garden of serenity, a garden of, of peace and tranquility, a garden that was was to be used by them for the enjoyment of man and woman. But when sin entered the world, that garden turned into a jungle. And you and I now live the results of sin and stubbornness. And that's what the final reason the jungle comes in. Really, the overriding one is man's stubbornness and sin. We created uh, this jungle in our lives. We created it because instead of following God's ways... We have followed our own. Notice in in Isaiah, let's look to the scriptures now. Isaiah 30 begins by reminding us where we stand with God. He says this, almost in in total frustration. Ah, he says, stubborn children, declares the Lord. Well, what what stubbornness are they showing? He says, they carry out a plan, but not mine. They make an alliance, but not of my spirit. They add sin to sin. They go down to Egypt without asking for my direction. They take refuge in the protection of Pharaoh and seek the shelter in the shadow of Egypt. And he says, Therefore, shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation. God says this, men and women since the beginning of time in isaiah's 30th time and in our time today we have chosen to go our own way and we've done so because we're sinful individuals and we're stubborn and i will tell you that it's easy to spot that in our kids right it's easy to see stubbornness and 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 sinful ideas and sinful behavior in our kids but very rarely do we get that spotlight turned back on us very rarely do we stop and say you know what am I the stubborn one? Am I the sinful one? And God declares to us, like a loving parent, you're stubborn and you're sinful. And the way that stubbornness and sinfulness is being lived out is you're choosing to make your own decisions, you're choosing to go your own way. Does that describe maybe you this morning? Does that describe the way you live life? That you are living life apart from any of God's direction in your life. God says, that when he sees that kind of living in our lives, it's stubborn and it's sin. And God says, I desire for you to live differently. And so what God puts before us is an option. Write that down in your outlines. He puts to us an option. As, as we go into this journey, into this jungle, a decision has to be made. And, and there are two options that are before us. Option number one is that we try to find a way through this jungle, through this life on our own. Jesus said that that's a well-traveled road when Jesus talked to the crowds he said there is a path a wide open and filled path that people take it's the broad way Jesus called it Uh, the the Bible says that there's a a way that seems right to man but in the way in, in its path it leads to destruction you see the reason why we take this path of doing things on our own it's comfortable and the reason why it's comfortable is because when you make a decision and when I make a decision to do it my way instead of God's, we take God off his throne and we put ourselves onto it. And when we do that, man, it's cool. It's great to be king, right? It's great to be the one in charge. And so there's something wonderfully comfortable when you and I get to make our own decisions. We get to determine our own destiny until, listen until something comes in our lives that we can't deal with have you ever noticed that in the moments of great difficulty even the atheists will cry out to god when they're in trouble i'm always blown away with uh the uh the messages that we hear of people who are involved in near-death experiences whether uh in planes or in scenarios and it's always amazing they're crying out the name of god and nobody else And yet, what we see is, is that God is saying, you can do it on your own. Oh, you most definitely can take that path. You can try to make it on your own. Notice in verse 30, that they've made a decision, or chapter 30 of Isaiah, they've made a decision. We are going to make an alliance with our enemies, the Egyptians. And notice in verse 9 through 11, notice what he says. For they are a rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the lord you see one of the ways that we are stubborn when we choose to go our own way we will tell god thanks but no thanks i don't need you god and if and if you're going to talk to me god you're going to talk on my terms you're going to agree with what i say and so if you disagree with me god i I don't want to hear from you sadly many in this world and even some in this place have chosen this way of living When it comes to your life, you choose over and over again to do it your own way, to trust in your own strength. But God knows that at some point in your life, you're going to face a situation that no amount of money or strength will fix. You're going to find yourself in a jungle experience that you're not going to know how to navigate your way out. Listen, God never intended for people to live their lives apart from Him. And yet, because of our rebellion, because of our sin, we make a decision each and every day to do such things. To live apart from him. To not follow his ways. And here's the thing. God, as, his, as our creator, knows exactly what we need. And he seeks for us not to do it on our own. Because he knows, as a good parent, trouble is all over the place. And as a good parent, notice all the times that, that, that God speaks to us as his children. He speaks to us as, as children, as a loving parent would. And we recognize as parents, we recognize when our kids are running headlong into trouble. We recognize the turmoil and the temptations that are waiting for our children as they grow up. Uh, this uh, Yesterday, on our way home from the water park that we had at the Splash Bash uh, event, uh, we were heading home and, and, and conversations started about the boys picking their spouses. It made me a little nervous that they had just been with a bunch of girls in bathing suits and they were picking out their spouses, okay? And, uh, and, they, and I forget how it all began, but it was a great opportunity. One of those times that, you, you know, you just are so excited as a parent to be able to communicate to your kids because we told them, picking a spouse is one of the most important decisions you'll make, but it's one that will be hard to navigate, that there will be a lot of of people and a lot of, and we were talking. We got three boys who we were talking. There's a lot of girls that that uh, will capture the heart of our boys, who are going to tell our boys all different kinds of things, and it'll be temptation. It'll be temptation to to seek to uh, please their uh, their girlfriends or or please their their wife, future wives, instead of pleasing God. And we said that first and foremost in that journey, in that jungle of finding a spouse. You need to find someone who loves the Lord just as much as you do. And you need to find a spouse who wants to honor God and wants to follow God in that way. But that's not always gonna be easy because not everybody wants to do that. That's not the uh, priority of all people. And so we need to recognize as parents that just as we teach our kids in the way they should go, as we train them in that way they should go, God is saying to us, I wanna do the same thing. And the question is this morning, are you rebelling against that, or are you following in his ways? Is this your first one? you know what, God, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to try to do it on my own. That's the first option. Notice the second option. The second second option is we can trust God and follow him as our guide. You're going to hear that in the songs that the kids sing, and it's not pleasant, uh, pleasantries. This is real stuff. This is what God demands of us. He desires it for us. What God wants is us to have him as the center of our lives, leading and guiding us. Now notice, yes, we're rebellious people. Yes, we are sinful people. But God responds. And notice, he doesn't respond in anger. He doesn't respond in in condemning them all to hell and and destroying them. Notice what he says in the text. uh, Verse 15. In returning... And rest, you shall be saved, says the Holy One of Israel. In quietness, verse 15 says, and in trust shall be your strength. Verse 18, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. He exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. What God is doing is God is saying, in our rebellion and in our sin he's saying to you, come, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. What God is desiring is to say, I know you're in a jungle. I know you're lost. And if you would just recognize your lostness and and turn to me, then I can show you the ways of the paths of everlasting life. And what he desires for us is to trust him, to trust him as our guide. Notice, God's waiting to be gracious with you. He wants to show you mercy. He wants to bless you with a life that is involved with him. He desires, in verse 20, for you to weep no more, that at the sound of your cry, he desires to minister to you amidst trials and tribulations to be your guide and your teacher. But in order for us to be a part of that, we've got to trust that God's ways are better than our ways. We've got to trust that his plans are better than our plans. We've got to stop trying to live life on our own and invite him to take the wheel of our lives and to be willing to follow in his steps. This is the kind of relationship he desires. Notice, again, in verse 15, what does he promise us? Rest, salvation, tranquility and peace, renewed strength. He's offering to us a new life. A life that is filled with blessing and encouragement and and love. But for us to find that, our direction needs to change. Write that down. My third point is our direction. God told his people then, and he's telling us today, that he's speaking to every one of us. And he's telling each of us this morning that he wants a relationship with us. Notice what God says. First of all, in verse 21, he says the following. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. There are three things that I think God speaks of direction. Number one, He tells us who to follow. Notice that it's not explicit within the text, but implicit that we are not to follow ourselves. Notice in the text, He says, A voice comes behind you. There's a couple things that we need to recognize. Number one, we're not the voice of direction. And so God is saying right away that if you're looking for direction that will bring peace and tranquility amidst the jungle of your life, it's not going to come from yourself. It's not going to come from someone around you. It is going to come from God. But notice this voice comes from behind. And it reminds us that something has taken place in our relationship with God. The Bible says that all we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have gone our own way. And the Bible says it's not God who moved, but it's us. We moved away from God. We wandered away from God. And God, not wanting to leave us in our sins, is now crying out and calling out to us, saying, you're going the wrong way. Come this way. Follow me. Let me be your guide. God is the answer. Christ is the answer to the life that we live. We will never experience what God has for us in this world, in this life, apart from Jesus Christ. But notice, it isn't that he just says, follow me. Notice he tells us where to go. Notice in verse 21, he says, your ears shall hear a word behind you. This is the way. So how does God show us the way to go? God did it in a masterful way. He could have just given us a book of do's and don'ts and said, follow the book. But he didn't. He gave us his word, yes, But He gave us His Son, the incarnate Word of God. Jesus Christ came, and He came to show us how to live life. He showed us how to treat one another. He showed us how to deal with our sin and our rebellion. And He didn't just show us how to do it. He wasn't just a great teacher, but He resolved the issue that we had. You see, rebellious people can't just return and make their way back to God. There's a breach in that relationship. And Jesus Christ came to be our substitute to pay the penalty for our rebellion and our sin by dying on the cross and by being placed in a grave and by being resurrected on the third day. Christ made that return back to God as a rebellious and broken people possible. And Christ says, because of me, because of my work on the cross, now you can return back to the God that you've turned away from and you can receive not punishment, not wrath, not judgment, but love and mercy and grace in your hour of need. And he then says, this is the way you are to go. So he says, okay, he says, here you're to follow God, you're to follow Christ Jesus, you're to walk in his ways and follow him, and then what are you to do? You're to do it for the rest of your lives. You're to walk in it, an ongoing journey. And so God then shows us that when we are changed by the gospel, We get to live different lives. Instead of pursuing selfishness and stubbornness, we get to serve and honor one another. Instead of showing hatred and bigotry towards one another, we get to show love and and generosity. Instead of being filled with pride and and all types of uh, being puffed up of our accolades and achievements, we get to humble ourselves so that God and Christ may be honored. You see, God gave us his word so that we may know how to have a clear understanding of how to live how to know we're heading in the right direction you see god gave us all of this because he loves us he gave us all of this so that we might have direction in this world that we may know how to live but i want you to remember something very important god doesn't want a decision he desires dedication he doesn't want you just to make a choice in the present but a choice that will persevere And so the last thing that I want you to do today is, is because you came to church and because your kids were a part of Vacation Bible School, you make a decision that, that that's going to change tomorrow. What God is saying is, is I want to show you how to live this life, how to make it through this jungle with me as your guide, with me walking with you every step of the way. But what that means is that your Christian life, and this is a reminder for those who are in church every day or every Sunday with us, and that is that the Christian life isn't about a decision you made in the past. It's about the decisions you're making in the here and now. Is Jesus Christ a part of every decision you make? Is Jesus Christ a part of every dollar that you spend? Is Jesus Christ a part of how you spend your time and use your energy? Jesus wants to be our guide. And to follow him means that we need to bring him into every aspect of our lives so we can do what he has called us to be a part of. So how do we get there? How does Jesus become that guide? How does Jesus become uh, the one who leads us out of the jungle? Well, there's a couple things I want you to write down at the bottom of your outline. It means that we have a decision that needs to be made. And the decision has to be made doing a couple things. First of all, we need to talk to God. Write that down. You need to spend some time uh, here in in this moment and ask God, am I living life on my own? Am I doing things my way? Or am I doing them with you in mind? Am I doing it following your direction and your example? You need to ask God, am I living a stubborn and selfish life or am I living a life that puts you first and foremost in, in all that I do? Number two what I've learned is anytime I talk to God and start asking those questions, God always reveals to me my stubbornness and sin. And so God's gonna demand something from you. He's gonna demand that you turn from your sin and your stubbornness. The Bible says this is repentance. And and what it means is I'm no longer gonna live for myself, I'm no longer gonna go in the path trying to figure out this life on my own, but I'm gonna turn and I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to turn from the ways I used to live and do an about face, now no longer thinking or acting the way that I did, but now living life in a totally different way. But what that's going to mean is you talk to God, you turn from your sin and stubbornness, but it's going to mean you trust Christ as your Savior. What you do is you'd say, okay, I'm no longer the guide in this. I'm no longer the one in charge. Jesus, you're the one. And it takes faith and it takes believing that jesus is who he says he is that he's done what he says he has done and he will do what he says he will do and and that takes faith and it takes believing in those things and saying jesus you are who you said you were and then finally it's a commitment to travel the rest of the life with christ as your guide jesus wants you to join him in the journey And when we join him in the journey, we won't be lost in a jungle, but we'll be on our way to heaven. We'll be on our way to a life of of peace and, and joy amidst all the trials, amidst all of the struggles, because the Bible doesn't say as soon as you become a follower of Jesus Christ, everything turns out great. In fact, in some ways, it may become even more difficult. But what God gives us is he gives us everything we need to face the trials and tribulations that come with joy, peace, and contentment in our hearts. So let me ask you this morning, who's the guide in this journey through the jungle of life? Is it you? Because if it is, like Teddy Roosevelt, you're going to find yourself at wit's end. You're going to find yourself losing your life. You see, here's the rest of the story with regards to Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt would have lost his life in the Amazon jungle. But Teddy Roosevelt was rescued by the greatest guide in South American history, a guy by the name of Rodon. And he went and, and he saved Teddy Roosevelt and his team of explorers and he brought them out of the jungle because he knew the jungle better than anybody did and he was able to bring them out and to save them from the journey that almost took their lives. Let me remind you this morning that the reason why we do VBS, the reason why we are here at church, the reason why we give our lives to Jesus Christ is we're lost in the jungle of life. And Jesus Christ, the greatest guide who has ever walked the face of the earth, is the one who can lead us out of this life and out of all its trouble and lead us to a life everlasting with him. Is he your guide this morning? If he's not, then I would ask you to pause this morning. And if you want to talk with someone, talk with myself, talk with the person who invited you, stop by the Welcome Center. Don't leave this place without knowing who is to be your guide. Don't allow the songs the kids sing just to go in one ear and out the other. They're proclaiming to you that Jesus Christ is to be our guide. Is he your guide this morning? I pray that he is. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for all that you are doing in our lives. And Lord, a reminder this morning of, of lives not being easy, but being difficult at times. In times, we don't know which way is up. We don't know which way is north. Uh, Lord, we need you as our compass, as our guide to direct us through all of the dangers and all of the toils and snares that this life brings. Lord, I pray that every person here would make a decision would choose to follow you this morning, to not do it their own way, to stop trying to live life on their own, but to invite you to be their guide, to invite you to be the one who takes the wheel and takes control of their life. Lord, I pray for the one who's never done that before, that today would be a day that they would release their life to you and follow in your footsteps for the rest of their lives. Lord, I pray that they would be bold enough to seek out those who can help them to understand that decision and to live it out in the days to come. Now, Lord, we thank you for what you've taught our children. We thank you for the enjoyment that they've had. Now, Lord, we pray that we would enjoy uh, what they share with us. Lord, thank you for children and the example that they are to us and the joy they bring to our hearts now, Lord. We thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen.